start recording, but probably like now. So welcome back to the Doctor Z show. Hello. Hello. We are a day late, but a dollar richer, or some something like that. Uh, sure. I I paid myself a dollar to do this one day later. Yeah, that's how. <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah, uh, that's how investing works, right? Yeah, you you have a vest and you take the dollar and you put it in it, and a day later you're allowed to retrieve it. <laughs> I wish that I had larger lung capacity so that I could sigh heavier at you. Well, you could get you can lung yeah, extension. Doctor Crowbar's lung extensions. What? <laughs> look up, look up, Doctor Crowbar's lung extensions. No W in crowbar. Okay. Um. Uh. Anyway, what are Did we talking about up? this week? Because that's not what we're talking about. I will look it up later when I'm yes. not about to be emotionally scarred on record. Yes. <laughs> Good. The okay, so where did we, which genre did we leave off on last time? So we finished racing games. That was the last one we did. So now we're on adventure. So uh, we're. If you didn't, uh, if you didn't, yeah, I was gonna say if you didn't, uh, if you didn't gather, uh, this is part two of our our personal best of genres. Again, if we are missing any genres and they are not on this list or our previous episode list. Feel free to direct all of your hate mail at Jacob. Just because. Or our Twitter account. Yeah, because we have a Twitter now. What is our Twitter, Jacob? It's uh, I think the at is well it's it's the Doctor Z show, but for some reason the at handle is the Doctor Z show one and I can't figure out how to change that. <laughs> so I don't know who else has the Doctor Z show but without a number next to it. So, okay, so hit us up on Facebook or on YouTube or at the Doctor Z Show One on uh, on Twitter. Yep. Um, adventure games. Favorite adventure game. Well, how how do we define adventure games? You go um, on. You can think. Of, well, yeah, like kind of basically, you go on an adventure, like. Old point-and-click, like, LucasArts games or adventure games. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I was saying the the Star Wars, like, Jedi Knight series is an adventure game. Uh, like, like, games where you follow, like, a linear kind of progression of missions. That okay. sort of, like, you, like, get stronger as you go on. Like, not, like, through your own, like, choices and you don't, like, level up so to speak, but, like, the game, like... Yeah, there's no, like, skill trees or necessarily or anything like that, it's just you, you... Usually you maybe power up through items, item acquisition, some in some of them. So, like, my... Well... Well, I, I've already mentioned uh, one of the games on my list. My actual favorite adventure game is uh, Grim Fandango, because it's an old, yep. old LucasArts game, the writing is sublime and hilarious to this day. It is. Uh, it is underlime. I'm gonna ignore that. Uh, my honorable mentions go to uh, the Secret of Monkey Island, the first one. I did think the writing was better in the first one than in uh, 
Laychuck's Revenge. And uh, my other honorable mention goes to Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast. Um, follows a lesser known Star Wars character uh, on his quest for vengeance. Um, but that was. I, I spent a lot of time playing that game and I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I very nearly chose Grim Fandango for the same reasons. It's just a delight, and you can pick up remastered versions of it for most platforms now. Yeah, I don't, it's great. The phone version does not work. Just straight up, it doesn't. There's a mobile but version? There's There was a mobile version that was developed, and it does not work. But it's on the Switch, it's on Steam. You can get the 20th Anniversary Edition. But my pick is actually going to be Paradigm, which is an indie game made by Jacob Janerka. Not thinking I pronounced that right, but it is set in a post-apocalyptic nuclear kind of wasteland. As where you uh, at, indie game. Yep, super mutated freak paradigm, who was supposed to be a super baby, but turned out all gross. And he has a you know very like Eastern European accent, and he just wants to lay down some sick beats, but things are going to happen and he becomes an unlikely hero to save the world. Wait, what? What? I missed the sick... How did the sick beats part fall into that? Is it it a, honestly like, is kind or? of arbitrary. He doesn't really actually have any heroic impulses. So he he's just like just saving the world? His electronic beats. I didn't, we didn't hear you. Is, is he just like saving the world because he can? Or like... I think it's one of those things where, like, like with Kirby games, where he initially, you know, goes out to save the world just because of a piece of cake that was stolen from him or something. There is some other kind of thing that like, maybe the computer is not letting him make any more discotheque beats because it wants him to save the world. Something like that. Okay. The, the like... It was like incredibly arbitrary until that point. I was like, "Wait, what?" I thought I'm. I thought I had missed something. Nope. <laughs> okay. Nope. His his motivations as a living entity are not related at all to what ends up happening in him saving the world. Because he just wants beats. By Dre. No, not those ones. Um, my favorite. My favorite. <laughs> hashtag not sponsored. Um, our my favorite adventure game is Ocarina of Time. It's a classic. Okay, here's I don't a question. Need to explain How it. many times have you played through Ocarina of Time? Mm, two, I think two. Okay, again, because we mention it uh, so often on the show, uh, the Ego Raptor sequelitis series. Did you watch the Legend of Zelda one that he made? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? I don't. I don't want to like you know talk about his episode for the next three hours. But um, basically, the premise for those of you that don't know, the premise of the episode is Ocarina of Time was a good game, but like there's a lot of flaws with it that people don't really like acknowledge or sort of like recognize until they're being pointed out later. And his big problem was like there's a lot of like waiting for things to happen. Uh, do you agree with that? 
Not really. I mean, unless you count, like, the sun being at a certain place to shoot it to get the fire arrows. But other than that, I don't... I didn't... I felt like I was pretty engaged the whole time. And those types of timed events are also a thing in Breath of the Wild. There are lots of quests that you can only do at a very narrow window of time. Like getting the Judo clothing from the cross-dressing guy or doing anything with the star fragments or dragons. Right, and there are some shrines that can only be locked, or that can only be unlocked, like, if you're holding a snowball at the right angle on, like, a specific day of the month, like, at a specific time. But I I do sort of agree with Eagle Raptors, like, when he says, um, like, the combat could have been more interesting if like you didn't wait for the enemy to make a move and like and then you could make your move i i see that and i i do agree with that but what i was going to say is it, it's sort of and like realism is the wrong word cuz it's the Legend of zelda but it makes the combat more like realistic like you're actually fighting a monster because like when you're when you're fighting somebody like even like in fencing and kendo like you you usually want to wait for your opponent to make a move and then you can react and like if your opponent makes a move and it's like the wrong move you can react and sort of gain the upper hand yeah um it's kind of interesting i uh i watched a video uh last night about like why thanos could beat the hulk um and we'll we'll move on after this um but it was basically saying that uh thanos the hulk is a punk well, like, although the Hulk is probably, like, physically stronger than Thanos, um, you know, his rage and everything. Um, refused to come out for the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's that um, Thanos, because Thanos doesn't use the, uh, he doesn't use the Power Stone to beat him. Um, he's just, yeah. like, more calculated in the way that he deals with him, because Hulk is, like, just kind of throwing himself at him, and the uh, it, it was it was interesting see, watching the clip again because um, all of Thanos's hits against him are very calculated. Um, yeah. So it's it's you know he's not just like overpowering him and like bludgeoning him to death. He's like he's got he's bobbing and weaving, dodging his punches, and then like hitting him in specific locations and stuff. So. And um, but anyway, spoilers yeah. aside. Um... I thought that was really disappointing after Thor Ragnarok and the Hulk like becoming smarter basically throughout most of Thor uh, Ragnarok. Yeah. And then he was just like a dumb rage monster again at the beginning of Infinity War. But anyway, yeah, we can move on. Okay. Um, favorite creativity game. I'm Minecraft. Go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, you go. Um, Minecraft, obviously. Uh, I have spent a bazillion years playing it. Um, but I am going to give an honorable mention to uh, Junk Jack. It is a indie title sort of in the vein of Terraria 2D uh, Minecraft. Um, but it is popular on mobile. There's a Steam release that I think is not as good. Um... But I did spend a great deal of time playing that. It's sort of like 
if Terraria and Starbound had a baby and it was as polished as Minecraft, it would be this game, Junkjack. Um, but yeah, check it out. Uh, you can get like a, a free version of it and sort of demo it if you're not sure if you like it or not. But uh, check it out. It's lots of fun. Abby, what is Kid Picks? Kid Picks. If you oh, grew up man. in the 90s, especially had access to computer labs, or in my case, if you had computers that were sold from the Yelm Public Education District, <laughs> the Yelm Public Schools sales when they would get rid of their outmoded technology, I would go up and load up on some old monitors and computers and mice and keyboards, and they would typically have kid pics on there and we would make slideshows and all sorts of things and sometimes they were very nonsensical and so there was one that my sister and I made and never finished that was intended to be a feature length parody of the Phantom of the Opera we only ever got about 30 minutes made but that it sounds pretty, it was pretty intense in making that in kid pics that sounds amazing <laughs> Because I was, I also had kid pics growing up, and I remember just like making all these like random like sort of coloring book style things. But something as involved in that would have been crazy. Yep. <laughs> um, my pick for uh, favorite creative game is Amazing Island for the GameCube. Um, you Which got I had to heard before you brought it up the other day. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah, you get to um. It's it's kind of an adventure game, I guess. There's a, a kind of like a combination of like adventure and mini game. Like think if Mario Party had a plot, um, except for the way that you a plot beyond save the Millennium Star. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, because some of them de did have plots, and some of them like really don't. Um, the newest one, the plot is basically who can party the hardest. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> It's been it's been following us. It knows it knows that we are in college or have graduated now. <laughs> um, and who can throw so, the best kegger? The best kegger. It's um, real. So, aside, <laughs> in Amazing Island, um, you have kind of these different templates for making monsters and designing them, um, and the like color palette that you use for the monsters kind of determines their abilities like a uh, green monsters were faster um red monsters were and you know it depended on even your the combination of colors that you used um so if your monster was mostly red it would have a really high strength or like mostly green or mostly yellow could uh like jump higher or something like that um it sounds vaguely could... like scribble knots um yeah, I guess. Like, sort of um, but similar, he, but not, not like, the same, but very it, similar. The monster, the monster creation engine was really, really powerful um, for, uh, like, for the GameCube. You know, I would never have expected, like, that level of, you know, just creating, you know, free 3D models um, to be used um, to just, just be there on the GameCube. Um, right. So... At least that that was my memory of it. You know, it, it might not be quite as polished like in retrospect, but at the time, um, I thought it was amazing. 
Uh, I don't want to get into this, but the game we might have to do an episode episode on the GameCube later because the GameCube is, I think, one of the most underrated consoles, like kind of of all time. Because yeah. the GameCube did it, it pushed a lot of boundaries for sure, but it did a lot of things very well, and people sort of wrote it off because it didn't like it didn't have online play and it like it didn't have this and it didn't have that and it was a Nintendo console and you know on and on and on but like it did a lot of things really well yeah that would be that would be a good good research episode all right anyway sorry moving on uh third person shooter i i don't have one yeah it occurs to me that you don't play a lot of shooters or or third person shooters for that matter that's true did, did we decide that mass effect counted or was that different? mass effect i i you can count it and i'll i'll give it to you i would argue that it is a role playing game uh, first and foremost nice. um but you could you could count it as a third person shooter I would say that the most accurate description of Mass Effect would probably be a dating sim plus a third-person shooter. <laughs> okay, now I have to ask, how far did you get in Mass Effect? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I've only finished playing, I think, the first game, but I've seen playthroughs of everything else. Okay. Your answer makes a lot more sense now. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I have a bunch for this one, uh, but I'm going to give it uh, 100% to Resident Evil 4. Um, I I love that game. Like, and it is amazing. Like, I love it. I, 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 I bought it for GameCube when it came out. Um, I got Wii Edition uh, when it was released on the Wii. I bought the remastered version when it came out on PC, and when it's released on Switch, uh, my fiance has promised that she'll buy it for me for my birthday. So, so that that is how, that is how much I love Resident Evil Four versions of it. Huh? All your honorable mentions are just more of versions of it, Arch, like yeah, all the different versions. Yeah, your like favorite. <laughs> I also, Leon played... Kennedy looking like every single member of the Backstreet Boys as once is just great. <laughs> um, my honorable mentions are actually uh, Grand Theft Auto V uh, and Saints Row the Third. Grand Theft Auto V, because it's Grand Theft Auto V. Like, I mean, if you don't know what Grand Theft Auto V is, like, why are you listening to the podcast? Grand Theft Auto is that when I graduated from high school, I went to Italy, and my host brother picked me up. And he was in this van, and he was driving like an absolute maniac on the roads. He would spend as much time driving in the wrong lane as he was the correct lane. So typical with... Italian behavior, got it. And, but he was even more aggressive than most Italian drivers. And then when I got to their house, I saw that the only game that they were ever playing was Grand Theft Auto. And I oh, felt God. like sense. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Um. <laughs> My other honorable mentions are Saints Row the Third because it is the absolute pinnacle of the sort of insanity that Saints Row is without being too ridiculous. Uh, the writing is funny. The plot is vaguely interesting. 
Um, and there's a gun that shoots shark giblets that causes a shark to come up out of the ground and devour whatever you shot the gun at. There is also a cannon that plays dubstep music. So, like, if that doesn't make you want to at least look into what on earth is going on in this game, I, I don't know what I can say to you. <laughs> also, I have written down, for some reason, I have Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars on this list, even though Chinatown Wars was top-down. Um, okay. But it's great. I mean, um, yeah, I guess this wouldn't, this wouldn't really count, because um, it, it's more of a top-down shooter, but Alien Swarm... Um, like if if that were a yeah you could go into the isosymmetrics about it but I would yeah but Alien I, I really enjoyed that game it was it was another highly highly influential on like uh, per- personal game design uh, choices for me um so uh, rhythm games is next let's, DDR for me let's take it let's take a second to define exactly what we mean by rhythm game like. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna be angry for a minute. But go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm going to find a rhythm game. Oh wait, uh, man. I I want Anthony to hear it. (laughs) I I I can hear you. Sorry, I'm done. Oh, okay, great. I I would say that a rhythm game requires very accurate timing of inputs, and not in a Street Fighter way, because it follows more of a distinct beat and less of a just frame by frame, oh, this is the perfect time to hit this thing because it'll interrupt this animation. No. You yeah, have you're to talking about Street Fighter the game, right? Not like actually to, yeah, you have to have a good, like a strict, you know, beat per minute kind of thing. It can be dancing, music. it can be singing or instrument playing, or it can just be button input, like with Patapon. Yeah. So we have. Every event is a quick time event. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that's actually very accurate. Um, so, like the Guitar Hero series, Rock Band, uh, games like that are rhythm games. There's yeah. a very very interesting um, game for mobile devices that is on the Editor's Choice Apple list um, called Beat Sneak Bandit, and it's sort of like I'm trying. I'm trying to liken it to anything else, and I I can't really. But you you move at a rhythm. It's sort of like think. Remember Sly Sly Cooper games? I remember they existed. Okay, it's think like Sly Cooper. If Sly Cooper was a rhythm game. Okay. Like if if that game Elite Beat Agents and Sly Cooper had a baby, it would be this game Beat Sneak Bandit. Sounds right. Okay, so With favorite what? favorite rhythm game? Jacob sounded like oh, here. Mine, 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 yeah, DDR. Which hands, DDR? Hands Which I, DDR? Um, because mine is also DDR. But all of them. If Jacob is ever at an arcade where there's DDR, he will be doing it. And I refuse to play the like the diagonal one because it sucks. That's good to know. Um, for because of reasons. <laughs> that will be revealed to you at a later time. It doesn't suck. It is extremely hard, though. Yeah. What was your first experience with DDR? Um. So my brother 
uh, went. There was an arcade in um, in the mall uh, near where we lived. Um, and he... I'm out. Huh? Oh yeah, There's time out. out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now like there were like two locations of it in the mall. Um, and you know, as the mall kind of deteriorated, it went down to one, and then eventually there was like complete overhaul. Um, but uh, he would play there a, a little bit because he. Like, when he was in high school, he did breakdance and stuff and, you know, was, um, like, into kind of the, like, competitive arcade scene. Um, and, you know, he played DDR and, you know, I would see other people playing. And so I, it was something that I was always kind of like, oh, like, I, I would want to do that. Um, I didn't get, I didn't get good um, at DDR until I bought DDR Hottest Party for the Wii. Um and I I gave up on unlocking all the songs when I got like a double A rating on a song and the uh, computer still beat me and I was like what the crap <laughs> and at that point I like gave up on unlocking everything and also the little like play mat that you could uh, plug in um, ours like broke and stopped reading inputs so that was I mean, yeah nice. that would make the game much harder I feel like yeah yeah so um uh but you know ever. Ever since, I, I mean, I think like high school is when you know, like playing hottest party is probably when I like just got the the most exposure to it. Uh, but other than that, at any arcade I'm ever at, I will play DDR if it so, exists. So so hot so hottest party is your favorite then? Is what I'm not what I'm my getting. favorite. I have the most experience with it, but it's not my favorite. Which one is your favorite then? None of them. I don't have a favorite DDR. I like all DDR. Okay. My favorite DDR is DDR Max 2, and DDR is on this list for me as my favorite rhythm game, with an honorable mention for Just Dance. Mm, now, Just that. Dance is my favorite rhythm game, even though I have had a somewhat complicated relationship with it, because we had Just Dance 2 for the Wii, and when you hold the Wiimote, the way that you hold it and the way that you keep holding it is very important to having having your inputs be measured correctly. That's and I was actually good at this, but my older sister was not. And she was very resentful that I was getting better scores when she perceived herself to be dancing better, which may have been more true in an artistic sense, but I was getting the beats and, you know, hand positions better because I was holding the re remote correctly. <laughs> I was gonna say she might have she might have been and be a better dancer, but you were better well, at just to dance. I would say so, and that's what makes her angry. And so she has strong feelings preferring connect versions of dance games. Dance Central is hard though. Yeah, she likes oh dance man. But I will say just dance too, if just because of the song Rasputin. Oh man. It is a great song, and it has a great choreography, even though some of it is just, like, actual, just, like, spinning around on the floor, and I don't think many people actually act do that part, but it is a very good one. Okay. And my honorable mention goes to Beatles Rock Band. Really? You're Beatles one of those people. Band. I like the Beatles, yes. I grew up with a lot of records in my house. It's animated very beautifully. And oh, yeah, no, I, I will give that to you 100%. Yeah. It's like definitely the most beautiful of the Rock Band games. 
and it lets me flex my knowledge of Beatles songs and lyrics. Um, I should I should probably honorable to, honorable mention uh, this if if for no one's sake other than my mother's uh, Guitar Hero Metallica. Um, if you want your fingers to bleed from playing plastic guitar, uh, play Guitar Hero Metallica. Um, because yes, they do use the entire song. Yes, Master of Puppets is eight and a half minutes long. <laughs> That's brutal, and I kind of love it. But at the same time, my gosh. Also, if you don't, I don't know if Abby knows this. I don't know, if Jacob, if you told her. But um, my mom's favorite band of all time is uh, Metallica. Mm-hmm. A 60-year-old 60, 60 white lady. Favorite band ever? Metallica. Yeah, see, my dad's favorite band is the Beatles. And so that's how I got that interest in my life from a very young age. I have too many musical influences, so. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to argue that. Uh, okay, so next is, next in the category is, or for categories, is minigame games. Game. Like, a, a game where ah. the kind of the point is to win minigames. Mario Party Deluxe. Runner-up, Mario Party 3. I've only played bits of other Mario Party games when I've been at friends' houses and stuff because that is most of my pre-college experience with video games that were not on, that didn't run on, you know, old Apple computers that were beige. (laughs) So. Beige, very important. Very important. Very important detail. (laughs) And so, I would have to give it to the current Mario Party by default, even though I know it has some flaws that could be addressed regarding game boards, which were done more creatively in other iterations. Yep. Uh, Mario Party 4, for me. uh, That was the first one on the GameCube? Yeah. Um, and I love that game. I, I played so much of it, and I unlocked all of the secret stuff. <laughs> there's, a, there's a really, really, like, accurate and great uh, um, sand volleyball minigame that you could unlock. Uh, and it was it taught, it taught me a lot about volleyball. Um, like, actual playing a volleyball. Like, each of the characters had to do, like, the, the bump set spike, like, thing. Um, and so, anyways, uh, runner-up would be WarioWare Twisted because that was another game that I. Oh yeah. Um. That's. But I would. Yeah, that was uh, smooth moves. I think was my favorite WarioWare. But. Mhm. Um. Another another game that's kind of like a mix between rhythm and mini games that I haven't played, but I watched one of my roommates my freshman year of college do was uh. Rhythm Heaven, which is rhythm minigames. Apparently, the designer of Rhythm Heaven has said that he would do a Switch game if uh, people express enough interest. Oh my gosh. So, if you're out there, do it. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's probably the creepiest way I've ever heard you uh, make that noise. Um, Jacob, I think our, our joint... Uh, 
memorable experience with volleyball is uh, is very specific. <laughs> yes. Because yes, you mentioned volleyball, and anytime anybody mentions volleyball, that's the first thing that comes to mind. What is it? Tell me. <laughs> I need to know this. Uh, Jacob has to tell the story because he loves it. There, there were short shorts involved. No, just kidding. There weren't. Um, I there, mean, there were. were gym- we were. I mean, we were in gym. <laughs> um, so we played this game of huge, like four-team volleyball with this like, with, like giant, massive, net. yeah, yeah, that's volleyball. the court into into four quadrants, um, and there was just we a were giant okay. Volleyball. For, for context, we were in tenth grade, and we were all really weird yeah this is you know pe um and we so there was a giant volleyball and basically you just there was no rules for like there wasn't any rule for like the number of times you could hit it right or was there there was there wasn't because like one person couldn't hit it by themselves like yeah (laughs) yeah so you just had to you know hit it whatever to the other side and it was just this giant you just had a bunch of clusters of it was people. Basically, like, to give us something to do without like killing each other in PE when our gym teacher was too lazy to have us do actual things. Yeah. Isn't that most gym activities? I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. Anyway, <laughs> um, so for some reason, uh, like at one point, our team scored a point, and uh, <laughs> Anthony like like raised his hands, just kind of like limply in the air um and like kicked up his back leg and was like yay like <laughs> and then we decided that he had to do that every time we scored a point and then i don't remember if we did it so that was like every time the ball got hit you had to do it but it was it was really funny because we were kind of standing in the back and so the ball almost never came to us <laughs> so we were just yeah, like kind so of we were just chilling like whatever yay <laughs> For some reason, Jacob, like, to this day, like, like thinks it's the funniest thing that's, like, ever. It was hilarious. I don't know why, like. I don't know why either. <laughs> it, was, it was, like, it was so, um. It's one of the weirdest things I've ever done, for sure. <laughs> uh, I think it was just kind of, like, the the juxtaposition of, uh, like, it's it's so close to being enthusiastic, but, like, it, it like, it's, like, halfway. <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of a the right uh, term to describe that, but it was like half-hearted, I guess. Like ironically half-hearted. I I can't even explain why. It was just like I was just bored. Like <laughs> I was bored out of my mind. Like because we're standing there in the back, like for you know forty-five minutes doing basically nothing. Because everybody knows and. In gym class in high school, there's always that one guy that like takes everything really seriously, and of course that guy was on our team, so he had to be the best at you know weird mutant volleyball. So we didn't really do anything. Anyway, super tangent. What's uh, fighting next? game? Fighting games is, and I have an answer for this, but just to generate discussion, is Smash Brothers a fighting game? If it isn't, then 
that's kind of silly because it is about fighting. Yep. There, there's a very clear like you win by defeating other people in a match, and in you a defeat fight. them through, depending on your character, but primarily physical blows against their person. Yep, I agree. But yeah, okay. People, people, I've had people like that are like really super serious into fighting games, like try to tell me that. Smash isn't a fighting game, and that like anyone that thinks so is a is a moron. But I disagree with those people. Well, it's because those people are just, you know, you have to have a health bar. Well, no, and I you think can that... now in uh in Smash Ultimate, stamina mode. So your argument is invalid. Fight me in the pit. Box of razor. One me on Final Destination, bro. Much edge. Wait. Anthony, did you hear that? No. Sorry. There are a box of razors full of too much edge. Uh, Jacob, you're not allowed to corrupt other people anymore. <laughs> uh, it's too late for me. <laughs> if it's too late like... for you, then it's way too late for me. Holy crap. Yeah, I feel like that's most people's reactions. Like oddly enough when they know me for too long like and people are like oh no like you're making puns and like it's too late like there's no going back <laughs> the runaway train okay so jacob your favorite uh your favorite fighting game uh i'm gonna i'm gonna get myself a throat punch for this but my my i thought i was like once you go pun well it's a it's a have fun oh gosh <laughs> Okay, so I will say that my favorite fighting game... I'm going to advocate for Abby to punch in this. Because it is a great Smash game. It is the only Smash game... Smash Ultimate? Smash Ultimate. Because it's the only Smash game I've ever been even remotely competent at. Though that is also because I own it. And have been able to play it for longer than an hour at a stretch. When babysitting a child. Just one (laughs) child, though. Man, I still remember exactly, like, the setup of that game room when I was being Donkey Kong, and he was being, you know, someone else, and I had no idea what I was doing, and even button mashing, like, this small child was able to to defeat me so easily, and he just looked so disappointed that I was so inept. I imagine, like, I know this isn't the case, obviously, but, like, I imagine the small child, but with Jacob's face, looking disappointed. That would be disturbing for a multitude of reasons. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why that picture is in my brain now, but it's the, it's in your brain, too, now, so enjoy. Corrupting influence. Um, I would still say I'm not good at Smash, but I Oh, am, yeah, you don't have to be good at something to enjoy it. I am okay enough that I don't feel terrible when I'm playing even though I do not win most of the time. That's fine. You can enjoy things that you're bad at. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite would also be uh, Smash Ultimate uh, with an honorable mention to Street Fighter 2. Which version of Street Fighter 2? Because you know there's like 80 of them. The one for the uh, Super NES. Like okay. the original release. Okay. That was that was my that was the first fighting game that I really ever played and I was not good at it, but I was just so like interested in it 
um, and like just the mechanics of everything and you know knowing that there were all these like secret techniques that there were that you know required all this precise timing you know now I'm kind of like eh I don't, I don't have the time to learn all that but as a kid I was like wow this is so cool okay yeah the, uh, the effect of nostalgia yeah the nostalgia the the nostalgia blinders are too powerful Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also gonna go with Smash Ultimate because, like, Ooh. it's fun. Like, I mean, like, it's fun. Games are about having fun, and I have fun when I play the game. How many spirits have you collected? Uh, I'm sure less than you. <laughs> we have over I, a thousand. Yeah, we have over a thousand. You're one of those like sick completionist people, though, aren't you? Yeah. We, but... we talked about this before about you, like. Needing you to play uh, Donkey Kong 64 and collect all of the bananas. Oh man, that's just... I know that the Donkey Kong games are hard, and I'm bad at platforming. <laughs> but there's so many bananas to collect. How can, <laughs> how can you pass up an opportunity to collect so many bananas? This is true. Um, yeah, no, I, I love Smash Ultimate, but here's, here's a, a question. Are either of you those people that are like, oh, like, like, uh, Smash Ultimate, like, is a fighting game only if you play it, like, under these specific rules, like, you have to use no, like, no items on Final not. Destination, you know, and all this other, like, garbage, like, I don't think either of you are, but, like, what do you, what do you think about that? Like, people I that, think, that say you have to play the specific challenges, way. Those types of challenges do reduce the randomness and arbitrary kind of conditions that can be set when there are items randomly appearing or stages that have moving parts or whatever. But I also think if you really want to get good at the game, you're going to be good at it even with moving stages and even with items falling in random places. Not being able to deal with the RNG does not mean that you're playing it more purely. <laughs> that's, I, I agree with you, and that's probably the best way that you could have put that. Um, I've been, like, trying to put that into words, and it just makes me sound mean when I say it. So I'm going <laughs> to just agree with you and say that, yes, that's how I feel, too. I think there's there's game modes that make it more of a a party fun setting, and then there's other you know turning off all of the items, whatever does lend it more to a like it's just a contest of mechanical skill. Um, but you know, with like the the RNG definitely does affect um, things. Like there's definitely like someone can be losing and then suddenly get like a Pokemon that like. KOs everyone immediately. Yeah, and so, you know. But I love when random Pokeballs drop and you don't know what you're going to get when you open it up. And sometimes it's not very useful and sometimes it's very, very good. Yep. So, I would say that's more for, like, uh, that's more for, like, a, a party setting where you're, you're just playing to have fun. Um... And usually, admittedly, though, the people who are mechanically good at the game tend to win those matches anyway. Um, but 
Because they know the secrets. <laughs> um, I was... Let's see, what was I thinking of? So, fighting... Oh, uh, I for some reason I thought of a Super Monkey Ball. Um, and I was that thinking, is not a fighting game. Or is it? It okay, technically what? it's technically it's it's like a combination of like a party like party mini game racing, um, and there is the one fighting mode. And so, if someone what? wanted to argue like for that fighting mode to be a fighting game, like yeah, there's like no no items or whatever. Oh, for honorable mention, I'm gonna go with arms. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we interrupted Jacob on his super monkey ball tangent. Yep. <laughs> my my honorable mentions go to um There's so many bananas to collect. <laughs> I hate you. My honorable mentions go to DBZ Fighter, uh, because it's good and mechanically it just like works very well. Um Dragon Ball Z fighting games have always been kind of like super hit or miss, um, but I think DBZ Fighter was the one that was like most accepted by the... The current one that is... I don't know what the name that, of it is. That's it. But that one is beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's Dragon Ball Z Fighter. Yeah. It also The story is also not interesting at all. So it's just like regular Dragon Ball Z. Heyo. GT no, was good, but everyone hates GT. <laughs> that's because GT was not good. GT have, was amazing. I have not. GT seen... is the conduit of the Dragon Ball series. Of, of Dragon Ball Z. What did you say? I said GT is the conduit of the Dragon Ball series. Oh, GT is amazing, and I had an one of uh, a good friend of mine was uh, was like, "Oh, GT is great," and I was like, "Aha!" Like so, finally, someone else. Because everyone's friend. like, everyone's like, "I'm a Dragon Ball Z purist," and like GT wasn't canon, and GT sucks. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, "Did you even watch it though? Did you?" And they're like. Most of the time, I think the answer is no. They watch like the first two episodes. They're like, "Goku's a kid. This is garbage." I'm like, "Shut up, you! You don't even know about like all the emotional stuff that happens later." Jacob just you know yelling this through tears, <laughs> running down the alleyway. I, can, I imagine, I imagine the meme of the guy dabbing and him like crying at the same time. I imagine that's Jacob's like reaction when someone says they don't like Dragon Ball GT. Uh, I don't know why he's dabbing, but just. Would you say that arms counts as a fighting game or as an exercise game? Because oh. it does have a competitive aspect to it, but fighting is exercise, so it's both. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a fighting game because the point is to defeat your opponent. Wrap out of like in the same way that DDR could be considered an exercise game. Like you can DDR to exercise, but it's a rhythm game. Okay. My other honorable mention goes to Soul Calibur 4. It's my favorite in the series, and I got disgustingly good at it. Kulik, the thing I love Kulik about the Soul Calibur series is the character customization, which is just off the rails. Yeah, in 5 especially, it is bonkers. Our friend who's uh, weirdly obsessed with the character Lucina from Fire Emblem made basically an exact replica of her. And so now, for him, Soul Calibur 5 is Waifu Simulator 5. Right, I, I thought it was six. Is it six? Yeah, I think six is the most recent one. Six right now. Yeah, it's the most that. recent one that has the most powerful character creator. Okay, six. Like, Sorry. Someone made no, a magic carp. Someone magic made. Carp? Yes, they made a magic carp out of Yoshimitsu. That's horrifying. 
Oh, of course, it's out of Yoshimitsu though. Yeah. So when he when he's like when he's jumping, I saw a really it good. It looks like was... Magikarp is doing splash. It's amazing. I saw a great one that was like just a pistachio. <laughs> like the nut of pistachio, or is there a yes. character pistachio that I'm from? That's the nut. <laughs> That's nuts. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Three puns. <laughs> um, you're the Wario of puns, Jake. Uh, speaking of exercises, though, sort of, um, or at least watching other people exercise, sports game. <laughs> okay, I was like, where are we going? Like, what segue is this? <laughs> yeah, okay, because sports games. I have no interest in actual sports in real life. I'll just get this out of the way and say that the only thing I could possibly claim would be Wii Sports, <laughs> which I don't think counts for just this like category. a bastardized version of all of the sports you I would play. count it. Yeah, it's except golf. It's, golf is weirdly hard. I I find that actual golf is easier than Wii golf. I would say so. When I've done actual golf, I've had relative success. Every computer golf game I've ever played has been just very touchy. I mean, you have to touch the buttons at some point. That's how you oh, play games. You have become what you hate. <laughs> You either end the podcast early or you let it go long enough that you start making puns. <laughs> does that count as a pun, though? Yes. Or <laughs> of course it does. Of course your, thrown, your answer is yes. It's a pun. I would say it is at the very least in that family. The pun family. <laughs> um, we bowling is, I, is actually pretty similar to real bowling in terms of like the oh, positioning oh, yeah. and, into uh, the wall, spin and everything. Um, so uh, my favorite sports game is uh, Madden NFL 2002. Uh, or it might have even been Blitz. Uh, Blitz for was the game. great. Oh man, that game was crazy. There were a lot of like random uh, secrets you could unlock and like you could play as uh, mascots and um, do all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, were the mascots any good? No. Um, but you got to be a horse, like, or like, <laughs> just and in like a horse costume, like it was That's great. Awesome. Um, that and it had a. There was one run you could do on it. Um, that was like pre-programmed in, but almost for some reason, almost always scored a touchdown. I don't know why. But it was. Oh, what it was like, fun. Oh, I would play. just like I would always pick that one play. And then I would like score. And be like, <laughs> I don't even know how to play this game. <laughs> okay. Uh, my favorite. Uh, I got to give it to backyard baseball. Uh, if nothing else, oh. than for the childhood joy that that game brought me. Um, but my honorable mentions are very specific. They are. Um, first, uh, NBA Jam for the Super Nintendo. Uh, Specifically, tournament edition, because it had lots of like crazy extra rules that you could add in uh, to make the game just like kind of weird. Um, like you could have like infinite turbo mode where your characters would just like run at the speed of light, and uh, it had these like where like hot spots would appear on the on the court, and if you like stood on one of them, you could like score extra points that way and. It's just now like I really, really kind of zany. Cold spots that appear, and then there's ghosts. <laughs> that would be crazy. Luigi's Mansion baseball. <laughs> what? 
Speaking of weird Mario sports games, though, uh, first of all, Mario Golf is uh, for the Game Boy is my other honorable mention. But um, oh, of course, also Mario Tennis uh, for mm-hmm. Nintendo 64 because that game is fantastic. Um, did any of you play, or did either of you rather, did either of you play Super Mario Strikers, the weird like basketball game? Or not basketball, uh, game. Foot, uh, soccer game? No, I, can, I, I never did. I can very confidently say no. Okay, don't. Well, it's bad. <laughs> I don't think it was, I was in any danger. It was like the, it was like the unfortunate kind of bad. Like you wanted the game to be good, but it wasn't. Like <laughs> I don't know. Like you have to sort of like experience the game to understand why it is as bad as it is but like it it could have been so good and like execution like a for effort but like f for execution like it's so it's just disappointing like i don't know that's my rant for the day you're all you've reached your daily quota i'm trying to think of any other games that i've played that could possibly count as sports games and just, I don't think there's that many. Like, I, don't even, I don't remember the name of the computer golf game that I played. I think it was... Computer golf game that I played. <laughs> I think it was Tiger Woods before Tiger Woods was a complete, you know, oh. mess. <laughs> before he was a disaster. Yeah, before we Early all... He's on his, like, redemption tour. We reach the part yeah. of his uh, story where he's, like, going through the redemption arc. Mm. He's he's the Vegeta of golf. <laughs> Was Vegeta a big slut? Did he have a sex addiction? <laughs> <laughs> that put all kinds of things in my head that I am going to have to, like, wash my brain to get out. Um, I've never seen Dragon Ball so I don't even know what that could be (laughs) let us please move on Uh, Uh, party games party games gang beasts gang beasts for party games are we just saying games that games that you play at parties except for at a party yeah sure Mario Party, I guess, still, but I I would like to... I don't want to double some... dip it. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. double dip either. Mm. Okay, well, I'm I'll explain... Say... While you two think, I'm going to explain mine. Gang Beasts is a game yeah. for the PlayStation. It might be available on Xbox Arcade. But you control these, like, weird jelly creatures. And the controls are bad... On purpose. Oh no, I do have a favorite though. And you, you, you really only play the fighting mode because the other modes are weird. So think, think about holding like both of you hold out your hands and think about holding a uh, a PlayStation controller like in your hand. Now, the right trigger controls your right arm. If you push the trigger down all the way, you extend your arm. If you push the trigger down at all and hold the right button, 
you can grab things with that arm. Same same thing goes for the left. This is sounding kind of surgeon simulator. It is, but the the controls in Surgeon Simulator work, sort of. Oh, whoa, it's worse than... Oh, no. And it's not that the controls are bad, it's that the creatures you are playing as are made out of, like, jelly. Are they, like, just spore blobs? They're... kind of. That's That's sort of the best way to think about them. So... <laughs> Now imagine you're in, like, an industrial warehouse as these creatures fighting each other. That's gang beasts, in a nutshell. Oh, gosh. It's a great game to play at 2 o'clock in the morning with the remainder of your party guests while you are all either incredibly tired or extremely drunk. You know, I think that actually ties into one of the things that's good about my pick, which is Overcooked, which is oh, man, if, you were playing it, if you were playing it on your own it's for not... an extended period of time, you would get very frustrated. But the experience of seeing everyone else be frustrated with you somehow mitigates your own anger at things. <laughs> Group suffering builds character faster than singular suffering. Yep. Yep. And it's more entertaining because you're not just hearing yourself yell. Everyone is I'll yelling. Pick... <laughs> the soup is crawl. overheating! Yeah. You're gonna pick what, the... Crawl. Oh, yeah. That's the one that I played that one time, right? And I was I very, so. very bad at. Potentially. Yes. I mean, everyone's really bad at crawl. Unless, unless you're Spencer Peterson. <laughs> I was worse, I think. What is crawl? I don't. It's the one where you're all like, where you're in a dungeon and you're like killing each other and then like trying to. uh, Oh, you explained it to me. That game sounded very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, You're trying to become the least corrupted. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Yeah. You explained that to me, Jacob, once upon a time. Yeah. And it's a very like skinny pixel characters. You know, not like a chunky pixel kind of sprite thing. Very skinny, very much you need like to be able eight to eight bit as much as you can get. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's I and I consider it a party game, um, and not necessarily like a fighting game because it like has to be multiplayer. It's it's not a game where you can you play can't, just you can't player. play it by yourself. Yeah. And I would say Unlike fighting games, it's not so much the, you know, get good of character-specific moves. And I think that it just, it feels different, and it doesn't have that same kind of competitive scene that you typically associate with a fighting game. Yeah, and it's also, because it's a dungeon, it's procedurally generated, so there's no, like, no way to know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Moving on. Um... Because we're we're gonna run a little long on this episode, but uh, casual games. My pick is Fruit Ninja. Do you all have picks for casual games? This one is a tough one because, like, that's most of the games that I've played. I would say, 
because casual games are typically ones that do not require a console in any way. And they they run on phones, they run on crappy computers, etc. But I would say that if we're going by time spent, solitaire. An, an alarm is going off. Um, uh, come I, on. I would pick... Um, Mm, I'd pick helicopter. Helicopter, the raddest yeah, aircraft. Yeah, it's it's just that like that um the the precursor to Flappy Bird, where you just hold. Oh, on okay, okay, okay. Try to see how far you can get dodge obstacles. Okay, we're not gonna put honorable mentions in this category because I think all of our lists would be like a mile long. Uh, I actually haven't played a lot of like casual games, so. It's it's really hard for me to pick because it I don't typically think of in my head, oh, what is the best, you know, game that isn't really a hardcore video game that I've ever played. Cause with Fair. those things I tend to burn through them in addictive kind of phases. Okay. Where you're all about it for a while, like you know, twenty forty eight or something, mm. where you spend a couple months like just only playing it. Yeah, only playing, and then once you're done with it, you don't really think about it very much until your dad sends you screenshots of his high scores that he's gotten a week ago because he never stopped. Wow. <laughs> okay, this is this this is either gonna be a big one or we're all gonna make a decision and leave it at that. Uh, the next category is platformer. Hmm. Last Metroid is in captivity. The galaxy is at peace. <laughs> Super Metroid! Uh, Super Metroid's an honorable mention for me. Um, I would say Super Mario Land uh, for the uh, original um, Game Boy. Very hard, very interesting. Uh, the first game to feature Daisy. And not Bowser kidnapping your wife slash girlfriend slash casual acquaintance for the thousandth thousandth time. Uh, with an honorable mention for uh, what was the one for 3DS? Um, Super Mario something. The Super Mario for 3DS that was Super Mario 3D Land for oh, 3DS. Yeah. That one uh, I had a great time playing. Give more details on Super Metroid. Um, I mean, Super Metroid is a classic. It's won a lot of like just game design awards. Um, I can't really like name, but it's it's like on a lot of uh, votes for like best game of all time. Um, it, it it is a great game, and it did it, it is literally the game that coined the first half of the term Metroidvania. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's just, uh, it, it, part of it, uh, part of the, like, the reasons for that is that it has a lot of very, uh, good atmospheric music and color design. Um, the controls are, are good. They're, 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 they're just, they're just really good. Um, they're, like, tight. They let you do what you need to do. Um, uh, as far as like button inputs, uh, the puzzles are not 
too insanely hard, but you, um, and the the game engine is good enough that it lets you uh, like speed. It's a very classic like speed running game um, because there's a lot of things that people are able to use in the original mechanics of the game, um, even without necessarily like uh, um, like glitching. Although you know the best speedrunners, the the best times have you know abused glitches, but um, even without glitches, there's a lot. There's a lot that you can do um, in terms of like movement and uh, it just kind of like genre defining. So, um, and it's it's an exploration game, and so there's lots of parts where it's like, oh, like I don't have the the piece to uh, progress through this part yet. But um, a lot of the puzzles are um, memorable enough that even though it doesn't necessarily have like waypoints that you can mark, um, like in uh, games that have come out since um a lot of times you remember the stuff uh, enough that you can go back and uh, explore and uh, when you have like the upgrades and anyways this is really solid game and for me you guys are listing classics but as i don't have experience with those i will go with a metroidvania yoku's island express yes you play as a dung beetle who comes to an island to become its new postmaster, and it's done with pinball-style controls, and when there's no pinball, you can just roll around independently, but most of the time, progression is done with pinball flippers that you either come across and they just work automatically, or you have to pay fruits that you accumulate to unfreeze them, and... It is funny, even though when you do backtrack, it can be pretty empty for a while because they don't always reset the areas with more fruit, and so you're going through these old puzzles that you still need to solve and still require very precise timing, but you're not getting anything really out of it except for the ability to go backwards because you finally have something to solve a puzzle. Okay, I... I... I did hear your explanation of the game, and I really only have one question. What? (laughs) You're a dung beetle who has a ball of... No, 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 I heard what you said. What? What? (laughs) So, like, um, we we had this conversation a while back, uh, Abby and I did, um, and we considered it a Metroidvania because... And, no, the thing is, I've looked up reviews, and... Many, many reviews describe it as a Metroidvania. That's so cool. So sweet. Really? That is something that is a critical consensus. It is not just me. They say it's it's definitely a platformer. You just don't have much power of locomotion on your own. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a very it's a very good blending of pinball as a game format and uh, and Metroidvania. I it's, will. It's a great game. I will say that I have to look into it, but I probably will forget. There's a free demo. I like free. You don't pay for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, how about that? <laughs> all right. To our uh, moving on to our second to last uh, topic or genre, rather. Educational games. Uh, mine is a uh, jumpstart for a screwed for the PC. First grade with the dog. The only one I've ever had. It's honestly the only educational game I've really ever played, unless you count Typer Shark. Wow. Typer Shark. Ooh, man, I remember that game. 
Um, mine is going to have to be uh, Mega Man 2. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> Mario teaches typing. Uh, it was a, oh, Age it was of a... Empires. <laughs> <laughs> Mario <laughs> typing is great. <laughs> oh, you, you got to get the backstory in the Age of Empires. Uh, reasoning there. Um, so <laughs> it's an educational game because uh, it actually teaches you a lot about the different civilizations and like their actual history um, and everything. And I think you were able to answer some questions in like a one of your like real history classes in high school because of mm-hmm. the knowledge you had from uh, Age of Empires. My um, my AP World History teacher who hated me. Um, we were all gearing up to study for, I think it was our midterm, um, but it was, it was a big test, and we're all getting ready to, like, we're studying for it, and, like, it's, like, it's got, you know, a bazillion questions on it, and people are, like, really frustrated, because everybody feels like she didn't give us enough time to study. So she said, okay, you know, if you can answer, like, you know, I'll let you all pool your, like, collective knowledge of the material, like, you're not allowed to look it up or anything, but if you can answer this question... I'll postpone the test by two weeks. And so everybody's like, okay, like, you know, sure, like, all right. Like, you know, we'll try. Like, you know, what do we have to lose? Like, we'll try. And so she said, I'm trying to remember. I want to remember exactly because I don't want to forget. Hold on. Give me a second. I got to look up the year because I don't want to forget. what it was. I know the answer, but I want to look up the year just to be 100% certain. While Anthony is doing that, I will just say that I probably have more experience than most with the educational game format. I've played the Reader Rabbit games, the Math Blaster games, Math Blaster is my honorable mention. Various editions of Oregon Trail games, Clue Finders, and Jumpstart. You've died of disappearance. Various others that are just one-offs, random five-dollar how to you know, like how to speak French games that you get from you know the discount store, just various strange things, and also Amazon Trail and Africa Trail, which are both the much much lesser known cousins of Oregon Trail. Okay, I remember, <laughs> I have it. So, the um, we were studying. Uh, this this part of uh, AP World History was about Europe, and so we're studying um, like the Holy Roman Empire a lot because they had like a huge influence in Europe uh, for several hundred years. And so she said, "I don't remember the exact wording of the question, but it was something along the lines of, um, what did they call the alliance of city states formed in 1167 uh, that was supported by the Pope to counter the attempt of the." Eastern Holy Roman Empire to influence uh, the Kingdom of Italy. And everyone, like, sort of, like, looked around, like, oh, shit, like, no one knows this answer. And, like, as as soon as I looked around the room, and without missing a beat, I was like, the Lombard League. And everyone just turned to me and was like, what? And that that moment to me was, was the pinnacle of my... Um, my Age of Empires teaching me things because there's a campaign in Age of Empires, Age of Kings, where you play through the life of Frederick Barbarossa, 
and one of the missions is uh, you have to fight uh, the Lombard League. Nice. <laughs> so our test was postponed by two weeks, and I don't think that won me any points with her. Uh, she was very irritated that she had to postpone the test. Sweet justice. But no, she should have been so rewarded by, yeah. like, you know. But I didn't know the material from her teaching it to me because she was a garbage teacher. Um, yes. Well, she could have at least maybe thought that it was her own fault, like or her own doing at least. Yeah. I probably told her it wasn't her own doing. I was kind of shit <laughs> back then. Um, okay. Last, last but not least, horror. Oh no, I haven't said my pick yet. Oh, I thought you said. Uh... No, I said that I've played a lot, oh, okay. but I didn't say sorry. what was the best. Oh, I'm sorry. And it's tough because I do love Oregon Trail 3rd Edition. I think it's the strongest of the Oregon Trails. 5th Edition had too many, un, you know, just stupid, poorly animated cutscenes, even though it allowed for more variation. And Clue Finder's 3rd Grade was really great, but I will go with Jumpstart fourth grade before they nerfed it because kids are wimps. I'm sorry, they nerfed an educational game. They did. What? The Jumpstart fourth grade, it was a haunted island that it was set on <laughs> and all of your classmates get transfigured by a witch and they're on this island and they're locked up and you have to in actually a fairly legitimate witchcraft style you have to reclaim their belongings so that you did can... you say legitimate witchcraft yes it's okay, like I, actual... just to, I just want to make sure i heard you right yeah you need Go to on. get their favorite items so that you can cast a spell to make them human again and using items of emotional significance is like actually a witchy thing okay. and it's a tough game and you walk around the island and in the trees, as you hear the whistling of the wind and all this stuff, you see the mascots of the other younger grade Jumpstart games cowering in fear in the trees. What? The and heck? it was, it was too scary. <laughs> it was way too scary. And there's also a ghost that will, you know, surprise, sneak up on you and ask you a kind of a tough question. And if you're wrong, you have to go to a labyrinth. And if you, you know. Like, you can run out of, I forget if it's health or what, but, like, it's a legitimately creepy game, and the mini games that you have to complete are fairly creepy themed as well. Some of them I was just way too anxious to play as an actual fourth grader. And then, but they replaced it with one where it was, like, a rainbow island, because, or something with a waterfall, rainbow, whatever because people were just having such a tough time with the theming of this game. But it had a great soundtrack, good writing. I did learn a lot, especially about ancient Egypt <laughs> and certain time periods of stuff. Okay. Uh, I guess on the note of the creepy island. Horror. Horror. Um, Jacob, I don't think you had a pick for this one. I haven't really played any horror games, so. Do you well, have a pick? Say, I haven't either. Honestly, to like, you know, especially when I was in like kindergarten or first grade, Jumpstart fourth grade felt like a horror game. 
Alright, well. I'm gonna go with Amnesia, The Dark Descent. Because. I think. My fiance watched me play part of the game one time. She's shaking <laughs> her head no. Somebody watched me play part of the game one time, and they, like, swore that they would never sleep again. And I think, Jacob, were you on Skype with me a few times while I was playing that game? Yes. It is terrifying. But, um, if you find a bag of Milky Ways, uh, <laughs> don't, uh, don't act surprised. Uh, my honorable mention goes to Silent Hill 2 because you won't sleep after playing that game. It yeah. It is the creeping dread of being so alone in a situation that you cannot control and do not understand. Just encroaching on you. Sort of like becoming an adult. <laughs> uh, but that game just, like, it it makes you feel uneasy while you're playing it. And that, that to me, is, like, the best kind of horror. That, like, sort of, it, it doesn't rely on, like, jump scares or, like, you know, telling you you're frightened or, like, like, the dead space kind of scary where it, like, you know, yeah, yeah. parades the monsters around, like, these are the creatures. Basically. Could you, could you imagine, like, playing that game with, uh, like, John Philip Sousa? Yeah, in the like, back yeah, like as a soundtrack, it would change yes. the it would change the mood so much. But that and that type of horror to me is not scary because it's just like here are the monsters; they're going to attack you. Like you you know that they're coming at all times. Um, my other honorable mention is Alien Isolation. I've played probably like ten minutes of it, um, but I I I do really want to play more of it because it's. Very interesting, but it is that that game is scary. If we're counting games that you've only played ten minutes of, then I can count Sir, You Are Being Hunted, which is a procedurally generated thing where you're kind of plopped in a random spot on an island of some sort that's kind of like the British Isles, and there's these evil robot things that might be on horses, might be flying, might be walking, and oh. it's in large part, a stealth game. And I'm sure that you can probably acquire weapons and things. But it's been long enough that I don't remember that because I did not go that long. I know that you were supposed to retrieve things and put them in the proper places on the islands. But because it's procedurally generated, you don't know. You can't memorize mm. pathways to get to those things. Oh, man. So. Okay. It actually it occurs to me that we skipped um we skipped one. We skipped a genre on the list. Uh but I think it other? might Yeah, other. We skipped the other genre. Games that don't really fit into any of the genres we have listed. The Pokemon trading card game, that's mine for the Game of Color. You're very excited about that. Do you wanna do you wanna tell uh, us tell us some about it? Okay. Um, I mean, it's it's only the Pokemon cards from um, from the original set, like from the first like basic set that was released, um, and I think maybe Jungle and Fossil, maybe. Um, but it uh, it's just good. 
Um, the music's amazing. Um, it's it's a relatively short game that you can kind of burn through, um, but it's like there there's not enough cards that collecting them feels like a chore. Um, but you can still kind of like grind out uh, getting packs from beating people, um, and you know feel like you're uh, and like the I mean, all all of the gym leaders have like uh, like pretty good personality um fighting your rival is really satisfying um so it's it's it has all of the trappings of like a normal pokemon game in terms of beating eight gyms having a rival and fighting the elite four but it's all done with the trading cards and the music's Mm. great so it's it's just it's an amazing game okay abby do you have uh an other pick I feel like I do, but it's hard to think of because I did not determine an answer for this in advance. <laughs> so, hmm. okay. Well, while you think about it, uh, my other pick is Papers Please, the paperwork simulator. Um, you are the the sort of gist of the game is you are a um. You're a border control, not a guard, but like an agent, and you sit at the border of this country that's that's meant it's meant to be East Germany, but they can't like say, like they they make up all these like names, of all these like places, but it's meant to be like this like or, East Germany. Yeah, but you're like you're meant to assume that it's East Germany. Um, and everybody, you know, wants to come into the country, and, like, there's all these, like, refugees from other countries, and, like, they hear that there's work in this country, and, like, they'll be safe in this country, and, you know, kind of on and on. Um, and so the first day, you, like, you know, start your new job, and, like, you you come to work, and you just, like, stamp people's passports, you know, if they're from this country, then they can't come in. But otherwise, you know, like, okay, you're good to go. And then the next day, like, and then... Based on how many people you processed, you get a certain amount of money, and then immediately they take away money that goes to like pay for food and medicine and housing, like for your family. And so then the next day, they introduce like a new rule, like okay, people that you know are from this province of this country can't come in. So you have to like constantly be checking and making sure that like the person, person's passport matches up and that they have like a. A permit to work or a permit to, you know, be in the country or, like, they have a legitimate reason for coming in or they're not from that country or they're not from that province or they're actually a woman when they say that they're a man. And it, <laughs> the, the rules just, like, get bigger and bigger and bigger until you're, like, having this, like, nail-biting, like, oh, man, am I going to process enough people to be able to feed my, like, fake family that doesn't really exist? And, and it's just – it's so engaging and it makes it makes paperwork interesting. It, it it shouldn't be as fun and as exciting as it is, but it's it's great. And if you have ten dollars and Steam, get it, play it. It it deserves to be played. It's great. It's called Papers, Please. Hmm. I feel like because, I, Abby. I feel like what I what I know of you. I feel like you would like it. It's on my wish list. I have been meaning to get it. And they also have another game that is out 
that I've I heard of the Oberdin. Yep, Oberdin. I've heard that's a really good one. I've heard good things about it. It doesn't sound like my cup of tea, um, but it does sound interesting. It's a bit of a detective mm-hmm. game. Speaking I, of detective games, I'm going to bring up this game not necessarily because it is a favorite, but because it is obscure and it has a special place in my heart. <laughs> the Barbie Detective Games. <laughs> there was a Barbie Detective game where you were at this hotel, like this resort. I thought it was a thing. haunted carnival. No. Well, this is this was a different one, probably. There were a few. But there were aspects of puzzle things. Mostly you were, you know, trying to ask the proper questions and just find clues and stuff. There were some mini games like paragliding and, you know, dune buggy kind of things. And it was very silly because it's Barbie. Ace Attorney. Yeah. And there, there wasn't any kind of thing where, like... Did you say Barbie, Barbie Ace Attorney? Yeah, yes. there wasn't anything where it was like L.A. Noir, like intense, like dialogue trees or anything like that. But it was a fun game, and it had some replay value because, you know, the mystery, like the the culprit would change, and things would be different. Clues would be in different places and stuff. Mm. But it's just silly. Okay. Since you don't have an other pick, we'll count that as your other pick. Yep. Or save. So this episode has gone on way too long. I don't know but, if you brought it up. Uh, what um, what wrap up thoughts do we have? There's so many game genres. What the heck? Yeah, and we... if we miss some, please let us know. Uh, and what, I think what that you know there are. So many game genres and so many that overlap with each other. Like, fighting games are often party games. Minigame games are often party games. But there are party games that are neither. And even though, you know, I would say that party games tend to be either rhythm, minigame, or fighting, there are exceptions. And yeah, the, I feel like the the mixing of the mixing of genres is uh, is becoming more and more prevalent. And then people get really angry and hung up on saying, well, is this perfectly 100% this genre? I think with Smash, like, that is a perfect example of, like, how is a game that is at its core about fighting, where you just fight each other or you fight a CPU, how is there a debate that it's not a fighting game? It's because the game categories and the genres have such cultural meaning as well. And Hmm. people have a lot of personal feelings about, you know, whether or not something is, you know, is it a fighting game if it's not very hard? Like, even if it is about fighting? That's interesting. That's like another... Is Dive Kick a fighting game? Yes. Yes, there are only two controls, and they're very uh, simple. Dive. You dive, and you kick. Or you jump and you kick. Or no, you, you jump dive. and you dive. And then you kick. You have to dive first before you can kick. That's how you win. Yep. Play dive kick. It's trash. 
<clears throat> Jacob, any thoughts other than dive oh. kick? No, that that's all. All right. Well, uh, thanks for being patient with us on this uh, day late. Uh, actually, probably two days late. I probably honestly won't upload it until tomorrow, being Monday. Uh, but uh, thanks for joining us on the Dr. Z Show. Abby, it's great to have you on our episodes, yep, and we'll have, to, we'll have to have cool. you back. Um, if, if for no other reason, then you will force to be back because uh, of reasons. <laughs> uh, I, was, I had a more eloquent way to say that, and it just escaped my brain. Um, anyway, thanks for joining us on the Dr. Z Show. Uh, if we missed a game that you wanted us to talk about, too bad. Uh, you can direct your hate mail to Jacob on our Twitter or hit us up on Facebook, YouTube, and tell us why we're idiots. Thanks, and we will see <laughs> you next me. time. Adios. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Z Show. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us on Facebook or YouTube at the Dr. Z Show, through email at thedrzshow at gmail.com, or on Twitter at thedrzshow1 the one like the number and please leave a review if possible on whatever listening platform you use thank you